So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas hey you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley and rachel griman each week a new episode will air to help you grow your business by winning more bookings maximizing profits and breaking through your limiting beliefs Today, we're talking copywriting. We're going to be doing an open Q&A, an Ask Us Anything on copywriting, really kind of focusing in on the website, but keeping it open uh, beyond that. We can be uh, discussing target client, homepage, about page, pricing, all the goods. This is going out live into the Six Figure Photography Mastermind group right now, where uh, the questions are being uh, asked. And if you would like to become a part of that community, it's completely free. There's over 40,000 photographers who are there and they get access to the podcast episodes months in advance. And they also get to be a part of shaping the podcast as it continues to grow. And so you can go to benhartley.com forward slash mastermind, benhartley.com forward slash mastermind. It'll drop you over uh, into the group. We'd love to have you there. Uh, Rachel, you know, I say this is a, this is a, it's an ask us anything, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mostly be asking you a lot of yeah, things. But you, you can answer copy questions. You know what your way around the words. I do. I do know my, I, I have the best words actually. Yeah, I sure. just want you to 100%. know that. <laughs> you and Donald Trump. <laughs> I have the best words. <laughs> Isn't that his quote? Uh, yeah, so, so it's like something like that. Exactly. That's what <laughs> yeah. I was going for. It may be in a direct quote. I just, do, I do not recall. Uh, <laughs> you off. don't write his down. Yeah. Yeah. I don't recall. Off Words to live by. Yep. <laughs> um, so Rachel, before we, before we dive in, many of the listeners know, but if you're a first time listener, just to put a little, mm-hmm. like, why should you pay attention to anything that you and I are saying? Yeah. Yep. Uh, just to give a little, a little cred to the sound advice that you'll be giving. Why? Why should anybody give a darn yeah. what Rachel Griman has to say about copywriting? I mean, I I don't care if you do or don't, but you should <laughs> listen to me. Okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. I am a copywriter for photographers. I have been for exclusively for photographers since 2016. So math, seven years. Um, uh, I was a copywriter for nonprofits before that. I was a photojournalism major in college before that. So I have been doing the writing and photography combo thing for decades at this point. And what I've learned when it comes to writing for photographers is that it's a little bit different than the generic copy advice you'll get from other copywriters. There's some principles that don't change across genres and niches, but um, the specific 
audiences that you guys are trying to market to and attract require a little nuance when taking that copy advice um, and putting it into practice. So as a company, we've written 400 websites for photographers. I can confidently say I've probably seen more photography websites than most people in America. Ben, you would probably be up on that list as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've looked at a lot of photography websites and audited a lot and um, written a lot of them myself. So I hope those are good credentials. I hope they're good enough for you to pay attention. Yeah, I love that. Um, well, then let's jump in. I, I think one of the the first angles that I'd like to take is, you know, I, I was just in the Book Solid uh, student coaching uh, call yesterday. Mm-hmm. And on the call, uh, a lot of times I'm doing website reviews uh, yeah. on those. And so I was doing a website review on the call. And... Um, it, it was it, it was one that I pulled up the site and immediately was just like, man, there's just there's way too little copy. Mm-hmm. Like there's just yeah. not enough. You know, when you yep. open up the site and it's like menu, image, Instagram feed. You know what I mean? Maybe there's a yes. maybe there's a call to action like learn about me. But yeah. it's like so so I was curious if there is any sort of rough rule like obviously the rules are meant to be broken and there's always a time and a place but like is there any sort of guidance that you may have around like too little copy really thinking specifically around the home page yeah yeah um i mean we have a pretty basic framework uh wireframe that we follow for each site and then tweak it for the client obviously but i like to think of your home page as a mini landing page for the rest of the site i have a dear friend sarah frandina who's a website copywriter as well and she always says the home page is like the you are here map in the airport or in the mall and it needs to show people where they are in relation to the rest of what's going on so you have a lot of information on your website and you need to give little previews of everything they can do on your homepage. That way they can choose. You need to show them where the exits are. You need to show them how to get to the answer to the question that they have. So the framework that we follow is like, I want the first thing that they read on your homepage to be jumping into the conversation your reader is having in their head. What are they thinking about that? First of all, you need to intimately understand who your website visitor is. You need to understand the audience that you're talking to. But they're going to have a specific excitement, a specific question, or a specific frustration when they land on your site. And you want the first thing they read to go, she knows exactly how I'm feeling. Yeah. You know, Um, or he. I just use she because it's me. So you want that first thing they read after the SEO H1 header that shows your location to be that, like, pulling them into the copy and then you can start to give glimpses of all the interior pages so then we'll do a little tiny blurb maybe either about the photographer or about the experience of working with photographer then we'll do a little blurb about their services what you can hire them for and all of these little sections will have a cta to an interior page that gives them the full picture Mm. so it's basically saying here are here's everything you can do on this site and here's your choices for where to go first now the way you lay this out is kind of the hierarchy of what people will do so you want to put the most important stuff the places you want people to go at the top yep 100 percent. 
Um, and another really important thing that a lot of people lack on their websites is testimonials, especially on your homepage. You should have two testimonials on your homepage and not in a slider. They should be called out. So people have to pause and see what they are because not a lot of people are going to sit there and read through your slider of testimonials or go to like the love notes page on your website and read all of them. Some people might, but why not integrate them into the copy that way? Every single time you're making a claim about yourself and what you'll do and how good you are, you have somebody else backing it up with their words. Like if you're saying, I really take care of my clients, I'll make sure you feel like you're only, you're the only client on my calendar for the rest of the year. And then you have a a testimonial underneath it that says, Ben took such good care of us because it's like, I can make that claim about you all day long as your copywriter, but having somebody else make the claim about you is like a great sales tactic. Yeah. So on the other side of this, What's too much copy on the homepage? Because I've seen that page before, too. I've yeah. seen that mess when you land on it and it's like, is this MLM format? Like, we just have paragraphs <laughs> on paragraphs. And, and we'll get into yeah. I, I'd like to talk separately about, like, uh, structure and, and work on that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But, like, is is there, like, an idea of, like, okay, this is just we're, we're too far here in, yeah. in regards to, like, we're overloading people with copy? That has a lot more to do with the design than a co- than the copy. Mm. Usually when I see paragraphs and paragraphs, I'm like, oh, if they just made these little design tweaks, somebody would read that copy. You know, it's like people design it with like a big chunk of text rather than putting, you know, even the way you format it, you can put one sentence on a line to really call it out mm-hmm. or bold something or change it into a headline format with body. You can have a headline, a subhead and body copy that are all different fonts and sizes to help the skimmers get what they want out of it. So usually when it's too much copy, it's really just bad design mm. and it's not broken up in the right way. Like if you see two paragraphs, they probably should be in two completely different sections of the website, not yeah. in just one big section. Um, the other thing is about design that's really important that people don't see, especially when they're not looking at mobile and desktop. You don't want more than like 10 to 12 words on a line because then people are scanning the whole way across their desktop to read it and your eye gets tired. Like literally our eyes get tired. So yeah. give people a break. Keep your copy punchy, like literally just hit the enter bar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it starts, it, it takes you back to like a, well, at least for most of us, like a, like mm-hmm. it feels like I'm reading an essay yep. and I don't want to read essays anymore. Uh-huh. Like I'm, I don't yeah. want to do it. <laughs> so yeah. it takes me back to that feeling of like reading across, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a nine by 11 and a half or whatever the size paper is, you know, back in college. Um, totally. Okay. So, so between 10 and 12 words, how about lines per paragraph? You know, is, is there any yeah. sort of structure or, or rough idea? Again, a loose idea of like, Hey, it's good to stay within this before you do a, a line break. That's a good, that's a good question. It, it's not, there's not a rule to that. Mm-hmm. Like it's, but if you are getting tired of reading it out loud after you write it, it's too long. Yeah. And like it's if you're like having to take, Yeah. That's another thing. Read all of your copy out loud. I have read my entire website out loud multiple times because it's going to show you where the spots are that are sticky for people, where they're going to have to like reread it to understand it or where they're naturally taking a pause Mm -hmm. where they're naturally taking a pause is probably a good time to cut it off. Yeah. 
So you brought up testimonials and the importance of kind of sprinkling yeah. them through the site, having a couple on the homepage, et cetera. Um, so Angela in the, in the mastermind group had asked, okay, you brought up testimonials. What, what are some good tips that you have for getting great testimonials to put on your site? Yeah. Um, I think the timing of when you ask for them is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, I either ask for them right after I deliver the product or right after I send them the gift of working with me. Mm -hmm. So that way I'm top of mind both times. Um, people, and when I ask, I have an email template for this, by the way, um, in the Green Chair Story shop. But when I ask them, it's important to give them leading questions. That way they're not starting from scratch, which is great mm -hmm. writing advice all around. Just don't start from scratch. So when I ask somebody for a testimonial for working with us, I say, how did you feel before you worked with Green Chair Stories? And usually photographers are like overwhelmed at the thought of writing my copy. You know, they tell me exactly what it felt like, which is also really good insight for me when marketing my Mm -hmm. business. Yeah. But so you ask them kind of how they felt before, how they felt after. Um, you can ask them questions. I usually give them three or four questions. What were you surprised by in the process of working with me? What are you going to do with these photos now that you have them? Um, because then people are saying, I can't wait to blow them up big on my walls, you know, and that's like a great pull quote for your website, mm -hmm. you know? So basically giving people questions to answer rather than saying, could you just give me a couple nice words and just really clear instructions about how to do it yeah. um, with direct links to where you want them to leave it. And the way I phrase it is I always want my review on Google first. So, and Google, I don't know if you guys have had this lately. I know some photographers have, they're like just hiding reviews. Like they're just not showing up. So I ask them, Hey, can you respond with your review in this email? And if you are feeling extra generous, you can copy and paste it and put it in this link on Google because that way, at least I have it because people have left me reviews on Google that I can't see. Mm -hmm. So it's always good to have it like in your inbox. Um, and then you ask them to go to the extra mile and put it somewhere else. Um, what do you think, Ben? Does that answer the question? Oh, yeah. Fully enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's fantastic. I think it's great. Uh, especially just like giving people a very clear, clear questions to answer. Not overwhelming, but just like three or four solid questions uh, that can create some great call outs uh, yeah. right on the site. Um, so I, uh, I'm someone who uh, I believe that copywriting should be able to address the the stresses that your target client has, right? Yeah. Like I want them to kind of see me as someone who's been to war and they've come back and they know more about it than they do. And I'm going to tell them all of the ways that I can help them to solve these problems that they have, mm -hmm. right? To get them the result that they want. Anyhow, I think that a lot of photographers struggle with the idea of bringing up uh, you know, stresses or, or, or pain points, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I wanted to hear your thoughts on, on this. Yeah. So it's a great question. And it's one that I answer a lot for my clients because I copywriters talk a lot about pain points because you want to acknowledge the frustration that people feel when you're writing to them. Mm -hmm. Um, but something, especially with wedding photographers, I think this is especially 
relevant to you guys. They are feeling a lot of joy in this season too. So I, I might lead with pain points with family photos on a family photographer's website, but when it comes to wedding photos, I almost want to lead with the excitement and the joy they're feeling. So the first thing they read, I call it joy points. What are they most excited about? What is your client so amped about in this season of engagement? What is the thing that's getting them through the frustration? And if you can address that in your opening copy, and then later on down the homepage, you start to address, especially for elopement photographers, you know, if they get a lot of clients that are on the fence about eloping, you talk about how you talk to your family about that. You talk about the pain of making that decision, um, the pain of going against tradition, that kind of thing. Every niche is going to have a different pain point. Um, you just need to figure out what your specific clients have. A lot of people ask us all the time, how do you write for so many photographers? And it's because they all have different clients and different clients feel pain about different things. I could come up with a hundred different things that a client could feel pain about um, if you gave me enough time today. So the key isn't just talking about the pain. It's really understanding what your clients are feeling. And once you understand what's going on in their head, when they land on your site, are they so frustrated by then? If they are so frustrated, it's worth leading with that. Um, I know for a lot of people, moms hiring family photographers, they're just, they just want to get it done. They don't want to sit there and go through a whole sales process. They just, they, they want to book the family photos and, Again, that's a specific kind of mom, but that's what you're writing to. So it doesn't need to be framed in this, like, doesn't it suck to plan a wedding? <laughs> like, it can be framed in, I know that you are spending hours on Pinterest trying to find the right napkin, if that's your kind of bride. And I want this to be a painless decision for yeah. you. I want to take the pain out of this choice. Yeah. You, you've brought up something uh, around, like, uh, the consider on photographers sounding like the same, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I wanted to ask a little bit about that because I think, mm-hmm. you know, I've even, I've seen posts about it or reels just about like the, there's, it's kind of like the insider language that gets used over and over and over and over yeah. again. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, is that, is that a concern that photographers should have or is it, is it something that we're acutely aware of because we're in this niche all the time and our friends are, and we're always yeah. on other people's sites and you know what I mean? Like, is, mm-hmm. is it a real concern or is some, some middle ground? What, what's your take? I don't have a problem with people using common phrases at all, especially if it resonates with your ideal client and they would use those words. Like if your ideal client loves the word authentic, go for it, use it. We know that it's totally overused. If you're looking at, photography websites across the spectrum. But if that's something they use, then go for it. The thing that I have a problem with is when common words don't mean anything. Tell tell me, what do do you mean? Like there's a very common catchphrase among photographers for the wildly in love. I don't know anyone in my life that would resonate personally with the term wildly in love. I'm sure they exist. I just don't think it's as common as photographers think it is. Mm. Like... Uh, like that's like word soup to me. Like it's not specific. Like, aren't we all wildly in love when we're engaged? Like, but we also wouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I've never heard anyone say that about themselves. Oh, I think I've heard Taylor Swift say it in a few yeah. of her songs. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. That's what it is. And maybe it's a call out to Swifties. Um, or 
adventurous for adventurous lovers or like Been just, there by the way yeah that's a <laughs> wait well, i don't think of, we're talking about the same thing <laughs> just, it's kind of like you see it once and you like the way it sounds but it doesn't actually mean anything mm-hmm. and you want your words especially the words you use right when someone lands on their site to make your client reading it go oh my gosh that's me that is me and so when I see really common phrases like that, when I don't know anyone who would say that or classify themselves that way, that's when I have a problem with it. Um, but I like to poke fun of it, like especially in reels and stuff, because it's easy. Like there's so oh, many yeah. people that call themselves a bonus bridesmaid or your third your favorite third wheel for the day or your hype woman. Like those are all really commonly used. I don't think they are bad. I don't think you need to take it off your website if it means something to you and it means something to your client. I just like to poke fun at it because if you Google it, like you'll come up with literally 50 websites that all have the same phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. If you are fine with that, as long as your direct competition doesn't have it, don't sweat it. I'm just going to make fun of you a little bit on Instagram. Reels. (laughs) So, um, when we're thinking about our homepage, um, and, and there's probably, there's different structures for all the pages, but let's, let's think on the homepage for a minute. Are there any great, uh, copy formulas that we may be able to kind of loosely have in our mind as we're thinking of the structure on the homepage, uh, for copy? Do you have any formulas or, or, you know what I mean? When I say formulas, just okay. Yeah. The most classic formula is PAS, pain agitate solution. That is like the oldest copywriting formula in the book. And what they mean by that is like you introduce the pain that someone is experiencing in the moment. Let's just go, let's use the adventure elopement theme. Um, And your ideal client's pain is that they really want to elope, but they don't know how to tell their family or they don't know how to buck tradition because other people expect them to have a traditional wedding. Mm. That is a very real thing. Um, so you introduce that pain. Um, you can talk to people so directly in your website copy. That's like where the magic is. You could say you're sitting there Googling eloping in Colorado and you're so excited about the thought of it. But in the back of your mind, all you can think about is how am I going to tell my mom that I'm doing this? Like if somebody actually feels like that in their soul, imagine how that would feel to them if they read that on a photographer's website. Like they would be like, oh my gosh, yes, that's exactly what I'm feeling. And then the next, so you've introduced the pain. Then the next session, you agitate it a little bit. Then you can either turn it positive or you can make it even a little harder. And you can say, Imagine yourself sitting there having a conversation with your mom and imagine her delight when she sees you planning something that you really want to do or something like that. And then you are the solution. You're the S you paint yourself as a solution. I'll help you have that conversation with your mom. Once your mom sees my photo, she won't be as nervous about it. Obviously this is like a very like bad example, but that is what people mean when they talk about copywriting formulas. You introduce something, you agitate that feeling a little bit, you make people feel it in their gut with your words, and then you introduce yourself as the solution. Again, I like to do this with joy. You introduce the immense excitement that they're having. And then in the agitation section, you turn it up a notch and you say, now imagine yourself on your day with that love you feel in your heart right now, but surrounded by all of your families and friends, I'm going to be there to capture it for you. 
So you can do it with pain or joy, but the agitation is really important because it gets people imagining themselves and picturing themselves, um, what it looks like if they have you or if they don't have you. Mm, Yeah. I love that. Um, I kind of want to move off a homepage for a minute. Go for it. Uh, no, I got one more for the homepage. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I was thinking, I was like, no, this is a big one, I think. This is a big one, I think, for the listeners. Um, and it is uh, when you are um, a, a multi-niche photographer. You're doing weddings, yeah. and you're doing babies, and you're doing families, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe you're mostly doing weddings, but you every now and then you do families and babies, and so you also talk about yeah. the homepage. And uh, I'm just curious if there's anything that we could think about when trying to communicate what it is that we do and who we do it for on our homepage when we're doing a bunch of different things, we're a bunch of different people. Yeah. Great question. And a lot of my clients have the same question. Um, I think the best thing that you can do is pick a primary audience. You want to pick the one audience that you're talking to. That way you can get extremely specific on that homepage. Mm -hmm. And you, I always say to people, what do you make the most money from? Or what do you want to make the most money from? Pick that as your audience and talk to them on the entire website. But let's say use your example of there's a wedding photographer um, who shoots families sometimes when it comes up. Um, We had somebody, Jake Ford is his name. You can look at his website copy who had this exact scenario and his entire homepage is written to wedding clients. And then there's a section about three fourths of the way down that says here for families. I do that too. And then that section has a call to action to a specific families page. That is S it's like a mini website on that one page and it goes through everything you would see on a full family photographer website on that one page. That way families can feel seen and understood there. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, for SEO too. So if families find it that way, they won't even see the wedding stuff. They'll just see the family stuff. So, um, that's how I usually recommend doing it. Not everybody wants to do that. Some people want to, to photograph lots of different people and don't want to pick a primary audience. There are definitely ways to sort that out. It's not my favorite way. I think it makes a lot more sense if you can get super specific in what you're talking about, because the more specific you get, the more at home your ideal clients will feel when they read your copy. Yeah. Love it. Uh, there was a question that came, uh, from the mastermind group. Um, and it's in relationship to, um, to SEO yeah. and the, the wrestle between writing keyword rich SEO optimized copy versus speaking to your target client copy. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, Angela expresses the frustration that sometimes she feels like the, they're, they're at odds with one another. Uh, mm-hmm. they feel very different. And so, she asked the question, is it, which is more important? Is there a priority to be taking on SEO optimizing the copy or speaking to my target client, or is there some way to do both? That's a hard question because it depends what your priorities are. If your priorities are to get more leads from SEO, then that's, that's what you need to prioritize. But if your priority is I'm getting a lot of leads, but I'm getting a lot of people ghosting me or they come to my website and they don't inquire, then your copy needs to speak to them more directly. Now, I do think that there's a way to do both. We try to do both. Um, Then when you, for your photography business, did you ever rank for your homepage? Uh, Yeah. Okay. That is more rare. Usually a lot of people rank for blog posts mm. um, because it's an easier way to get found on SEO. There's less competition. Usually yeah. the keywords are a little bit more specific, um, but uh, a website that is getting ranked 
on the page one of Google for their homepage, a photography website, usually has a lot more than just the website copy going for it. It usually has backlinks. Mm -hmm. It usually has um, like from other really valid vendors and like credited websites. It usually has really strong keywords like your um, images are optimized and you have a lot of content on your site. Like you usually somebody has to have a lot of blog posts that are flagged as helpful and resourceful for them to have their homepage ranking. So while the copy is important, like obviously your H1 needs to include your keyword that you're trying to rank for um, the website copy. It's, it's important in that the more you have, the more opportunities you have to integrate your keywords into it. Um, so the longer you scroll, the better chances you are. And the more photos you have, the more you can optimize that homepage for it. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of other work to do to get your homepage to rank for SEO than just incorporating it once or twice into your website copy on your homepage. Right, Ben? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It's a, there's a, a, a number of factors that, that go into it. Copy being one of them. One of the solutions that I found is to focus the, I would say the top half, and it all depends on the size of your site. I'm not even just yeah. saying above the fold. I'm saying like the top half of your site, like to be target client focused, solving their, uh, addressing their concerns and directing them to the places you want them to go on the site, contact form, that kind of stuff. And then the lower half uh, to be a little bit more SEO optimized where mm -hmm. the people who are landing on that homepage, by the time they get down to that spot, they're probably been redirected to the places yeah. that I need them to go. Pricing, portfolio, yeah. experience about me, the things that I really want them to go to. And then below that, I can then speak to some of the, uh, again, just more SEO stuff. So like my experience as a photographer in Tampa, Florida. Uh, yep. and uh, uh, Links to your portfolio. Links. You can say Tampa, Florida, wedding blogs. Yep. All the resources that I have, venues, venue pages, you know, mm -hmm. uh, keyword rich footer, that kind of stuff. So I tend to think of bottom half to yep. be a little, and again, I'm not talking about keyword stuffing. I'm just talking about like being a little bit more optimized for SEO over experience, um, mm -hmm. because I've done it all at the top and I've hopefully moved all everybody where they need to go. So yep. perfect. Um, so moving off a of homepage, um, there was a question that came through from Alicia and Alicia asked this, um, should there be any copy on the portfolio page? Uh, if nah. so, like what kind? A testimonial, she said like a testimonial. Great. I think there should be a testimonial on every single page of your website. Yeah. Like, and the longer one should have two or three, you know, you want to put other people's words about you everywhere. Um, so if you're going to have copy on the portfolio page, that would probably be the only thing that I would suggest as a testimonial because people are there. They click portfolio to literally just scroll through your images. Yeah. They are not looking to read more. Yep. We're asking people to do a big job on every other page. So giving them a little bit of a brain break from the words on the portfolio page is a great idea. Yeah, love it. Um, and, and so maybe we'll kind of navigate through the rest of the site here briefly. Okay. So we hit on a portfolio page. I'd like to hit on the pricing page and about okay. page. Yep. So I, I know pricing isn't, well, it is copy, but it isn't necessarily copy, but it is copy. So <laughs> it's numbers. So I, 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 I know that there's different situations for different people, but I yep. think there's something that gets brought up a lot is uh, how much pricing should you put on your website? Is it, there, there's the conversation around starting price, all mm -hmm. pricing, no pricing, 
average booking. Do you yeah. have any experience on like where, what you've seen uh, work best for different situations? I almost always recommend just putting the starting price mm -hmm. because most of my clients want to get people on the phone before they book them. So, or they have a pricing guide that they send, you know, everybody has a different pricing structure that we work with. So there's not one rule of thumb that will apply to everyone that we write for because they've usually done pricing coaching with someone else. You know, they have a whole um, system set up. So I don't want to mess with that with the copy. Now I will suggest to people, Hey, I would add a package here you know, this doesn't really follow like sales psychology 101, you know, if people really need it, but usually by the time they come to us for professional copy, they've done a lot of work with their pricing and their package structure. Um, the one thing I'll say about copy on a pricing page that I think is really important, even more important than your, what you're listing as your actual prices is building the value one more time. The reason people click on the pricing page is because they are curious about how much you cost. So before you just hit them with the packages, you want to have at least one section that builds your value one more time. You can call out money directly or you can talk about it more vaguely, but whatever you do, the paragraph of copy on there needs to build the value of working with you. What is the thing that people book you for? What is the reason people say yes to you? Um, that's a really important thing to ask your past clients too. But once you understand why people say yes to you, marketing and talking about your offers becomes a lot easier. Mm -hmm. So whatever reason other couples or families have said, I got to have you as my photographer, that's what should go on your pricing page and then a testimonial to back it up. And then you can get into the numbers. Mm. Okay. Fantastic. We'll bring it home on the about page. You know, the about page, this is one that I've, uh, I've always, I've always thought this was a pretty clear answer. And yeah. then I encountered someone, uh, and they were like, they, they asked me for a website review and I, and mm -hmm. I did a website review and they had received, uh, advice from another educator to do it mm -hmm. the exact opposite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that happens, you know, but I was like, totally. so interesting. I just, I completely disagree. And I, I kind of wanted to share the experience and, and curious what your take is. On Let this. me guess. You told them to write about their experience and uh, who they are. And then the other person said, Oh no, this isn't about you. You need to make it about them. No, or vice versa. no, no, no. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's actually just writing in first person versus third person. Oh, so gosh. I yeah. was, I, I'm a believer of like people hire people and I'm going to share yeah. about me as, as a me is that I, mm -hmm. and this is what I'm doing. And you know, yeah. uh, and, and this is what I've done and whatever. Um, and they were like, no, it's, if you, you need to build authority, by yes. looking professional and the way that you look professional uh -huh. is, you know, and you stand up from other people is to write it like a third person. Like Ben Hartley is an award-winning photographer in Tampa, yeah. Florida. He's been doing this, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, cause they said they were going for like a very high end client and a very high end mm -hmm. client is used to reading yeah. things in this kind of editorial. I don't know. Biography. I, I was just like, I am not dead. I am here yeah. and I am yep. just, and yeah. I'm the one writing this. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Where, where, I mean, maybe of course there's always exceptions, but like, what's your take? Yeah. Is it third person? Is it third person? First person. I understand where that advice comes from. Like when you think about a magazine spread, the person is not talking about themselves in the first person. Somebody wrote a bio about them because somebody else and wrote it. <laughs> exactly. Exa no, exactly. So I have heard this advice from luxury photography educators. I would argue that that is silly because 
exactly what you said, Ben, especially now we, I have written for a very luxury photography company and team and they are a team. So, and you're most likely hiring an associate and not Mike, the guy who started it. So on their website, there were bios of everyone because I wrote them Mm -hmm. and it was like about our founder because it's like, here's the guy who started it all. Here's the people you'll actually be working with. That makes sense to me mm-hmm. that it's in a bio um, because you're reading about everybody that way. But if you are a one woman or a one man shop, that makes zero sense. Because if you are absolutely going to be the person showing up at their day, it feels pompous to me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe if you're booking celebrity weddings for $50,000 for each one, maybe I can see it at that point because you're like a celebrity photographer who's a little more elusive. But unless that's your situation, they're not listening just, to this podcast right now. Yeah, I'm <laughs> they're like, it rolling just in money. They're bathing in money right now is what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. it just doesn't really make any sense to me. Yeah. Um, and even us like I write in first person on our website and we are a team because they're seeing my face on Instagram. I want them to understand who I am in the same way. I want them to understand who our writers are. So if you're a person right from first, the first person. Yep. Yep. Okay. That was my take. Okay. Uh, Rachel, this has been awesome. Uh, thank you so much for hopping on here, sharing your uh, ideas. Where can people learn more from you about copywriting? You know, if they're intrigued by, by you and and your, and just your knowledge and all these thoughts and things and stuff, where, where do people go? Oh my gosh. If you guys are into me, my goodness, you can go to our website. We have 10 years of blogs on there, free information. Um, I post reels all the time and a ton of educational content on Instagram. Our website is greenchairstories.com and Instagram is at green chair stories. And I answer every DM. So we could could chat or something. (laughs) I love it. Hey, Rachel, thank you so much. Mastermind, thanks for being here, bringing the questions uh, for Rachel. Um, I can't wait to see you guys next week. Uh, it should be a good one. We're heading into Christmas. Is is that fair to say? Yeah, Halloween we are. was yesterday. We are. Are you, here's the final question. Are you one of those gals uh, who puts the Christmas tree up post? I mean, like, you know, we're, you're thinking about it for this weekend, post Halloween. If I had the energy, I would do it. Yeah. I don't have any spare energy right now. Got it. <laughs> so I am not opposed yeah. to this weekend. I'm yeah. also not opposed to right after Thanksgiving. Either yeah. one is fine with me. Mine's, I'll ask I'm my kids, what do they want to do? Yep, exactly. Well, of course I feel we, like, why not extend yeah, the magic extend if you can? It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to do, we'll do one of the trees. We've got, we have probably, we'll probably do three or four trees this year. We'll do <laughs> one tonight is the plan yeah yeah you really have to like play up the christmas in florida because you're not getting the snow exactly yeah so you you gotta like bring the magic in other ways whereas we have six inches of snow outside right now so it does feel kind of christmasy yep i hear you okay hey thanks i uh, that was i I, i'm now i'm satisfied i've asked you everything that i'd ever want to know okay uh podcast listeners thank you for being here with us today uh can't wait to see in the next episode of the six figure photography podcast until then keep showing up and be kind to yourself bye